0: Hi, my name is Kristen Pulver. And I'm Andrea Ross. And uh, today we're going to read and discuss John 6, verses 1 through 21. We're going to read through the passage, and then we're going to jump into our discussion.
1: So here we go. Jesus feeds 5,000. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Jesus walks on water. That evening, Jesus'
0: disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, Don't be afraid. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. So, so. Andrea and I were discussing um, these passages. Hold on, i got to make sure I'm close to the mic. <laughs> Uh, earlier or I guess it was last week and um, our takeaways from them were really really different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we thought it would be kind of fun and interesting maybe helpful um, to just share our different takeaways and kind of the things that um, we thought after we finished reading. So we're gonna do that now. Do you want to start? Sure. Awesome.
1: So my husband Tim tore his ACL in November and had to have surgery at the very beginning of December. Um, he owns his own business and is self-employed. Yep. So when he doesn't work, the money doesn't come in. <laughs> doesn't get paid. <laughs> no. Um, so we really were I really was nervous going yep. into this time because I just wasn't sure what our finances were going to look like. You've got Christmas and family gatherings and bad timing. All super bad timing. <laughs> so, um, When January came, I really – because Tim kept saying, we'll be fine in December. It will be January that we feel the stress. Yeah. And so I started getting stressed about January, and I I was choosing to believe that God would provide, but I had no idea how Mm -hmm. he was going to. And so the beginning of January came, and I sat down, and I started paying our bills, and I was able to pay the entire month's bills at the beginning of January, which is something that I did not anticipate happening. I thought we were really going to be struggling to even pay them on time yeah. during the month. So I started referring to January kind of as our, our fish and loaves moment because it was as if I gave God a meager <laughs> paycheck <jet> coming in, <laughs> sort of, and saying, um, God, I don't know what you're going to do. But yeah. he showed we up. Eat. <laughs> yeah. He totally showed up. And I love at the end of this story, um, We've talked about how, you know, there are 12 disciples and there are 12 baskets left over when Jesus says, go collect yeah. leftovers. And it, we have a God who not only provides, but he can do it abundantly Yeah, and he can go above and beyond. And I felt that's what he was showing me in January. Like, I'm not going to just meet your needs, but I'm going to, I'm going to show off. Yeah, I'm going to give a little bit more. Yeah. And it was a really, it was a really great reminder um, of the power of the God that we serve. And so that was my takeaway. I know you had a different (laughs) one and I really loved yours. Yeah. So Andrea told me
0: that story and then I laughed because (laughs) my takeaway was the opposite. Um, So I read these stories and what I thought, um, I thought about doubt Mm -hmm. and how God uses doubt in these stories. So um I give I guess I'll give a little context about I guess maybe why that jumped to my mind. So doubt has played a big role in my life. Um for a while I um I guess it, it has for a while. Um I grew up in a Christian home and I went to Christian school. My parents were even Christian school teachers. <laughs> I went to a Christian college. Um so I was in this just this really insulated bubble of mm-hmm. Christianity and when that got challenged a bit um I really struggled. So when I was a junior in college, my aunt died of cancer and that was really a hard thing for me. One of the hardest things I had gone through at that point in my life. And then, um, I went abroad the next year for, I did a study abroad program and was surrounded by people who were not Christians and, or didn't like Christianity at all. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't know how to stand up to that or own my faith in any way because I I felt like I was faking it or Mm -hmm. realized I've like, I've been faking it because I'm just doing it because my parents did or, you know, because that was my community that I was part of. I didn't really, I felt like this isn't really me. This isn't who I am and I don't know how to make it my own. So I read this passage, um, about Jesus feeding the five thousand and he focuses in on Philip and says, like, hey, you know, how do you think we're gonna how do you think we're gonna do this? And he's like, Well, we can't <laughs> and I resonated with Philip. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, I get you, man. Um and yeah, so he had all this doubt like, well, we can't do this. And he had no faith in that um Jesus' ability to to perform a miracle. Um and I felt like what God is saying maybe through that is your doubt, doubt is a part of your journey and you don't have to run away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it and even when you have doubt, I show up in big ways. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be perfectly faithful or incredibly strong in your faith in order to receive my faithfulness. Yeah, And that was really powerful to me because I feel like I often feel um, embarrassed maybe about how I struggle with doubt or it's something that I don't want to talk about because I feel like I shouldn't right. have doubt. And I think God is really saying here, like, no, it's okay. Like, that is part of almost everyone's journey, I would imagine. Yeah. And I, and he is okay with it. And he's going to be faithful.
1: Do you think that it's those times of doubt, though, where, where our faith becomes more real to us? Absolutely. You know, you were saying you grew up kind of in a Christian bubble. I felt like I grew up. Maybe not as much of a Christian bubble <laughs> as you, but in a Christian home, and I feel like for a long time, I walked my parents' faith, I walked mm-hmm. my mom's faith, yeah, until I was thrown into those times of doubt where you have to claim it, yep. as your own,
0: yeah, yeah, I think that you know, I think for me, it's a a continuous thing, it's not something that's sort of like, "Oh, I had doubt, and now I don't right. um, I think I often have a bit of an intellectual battle with my faith where Mm -hmm. I can um, logically dismantle the idea of Christianity in my mind and Mm. say like, oh, this is something we use as a coping mechanism. Or if you were born somewhere else, you would have a different religion. Mm -hmm. Um, And you go through those times and then, you know, God shows up with his faithfulness or I sit down for coffee with you and you share the story of God's faithfulness to you. And, um, and, and I feel like God's drawing me back in. Mm. And I think that's—so my other takeaway from this passage or both of these passages is that um, we should be doing our life and our faith specifically in community. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus surrounded himself with himself with these 12 disciples and, you know, a bunch of other people as well. And um, they weren't perfect. Right. They all brought something to the table, good and bad, but they did life together. And, um, they were seeking out other people along the journey, um, to, to bring along with them and, um, they learned from each other. And so like when I can show up for coffee with you and you share this great story of faithfulness that, you know, you've seen in your life and I'm in a place of doubt feeling like I can't do a podcast about John, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not qualified to do that. And now here we are sitting together having this conversation and I feel like, yeah. You know, God uses us um, to spur one another on and we don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Um, We can just be who we are and just share genuinely with one another. And God's going to use that in a powerful way. So those were my big takeaways from these stories. Oh, the other thing that I, about the, I thought it was cool at the end of the story with the feeding of the 5,000, how there's 12 baskets left. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that too, like, it's a tangible way that God's showing His ab- the abundance that he gives us. But I also think it's cool that it was 12. So each of those yeah. disciples could carry the weight of that abundance home. Yeah. And have that real tangible reminder that God is faithful, even though they didn't start the day feeling like right. God was going to do anything profound or, right. you know, miraculous. Right. Um, yeah, I liked that. That's great.
1: Yeah. So with Jesus walking on the water, that yes. comes in again yep. in the story. mm mm-hmm. You know, they're they're in a boat in the sea. Scared. <laughs> scared. <laughs> Big storm raging around them. Yeah. You no know Jesus. Yeah. You know. And they see him walking out, but they don't know it's him. Right. At first. They're scared. Um and I think and we were talking about this a little bit, but we thought it was odd that it mentions about them being three or four miles out. Yeah, very specific. Very specific. Along with the last sentence, immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. I'm reading that out of the ESV. Sorry, <laughs> if it's slightly different. Um, so I looked into it a little more, and the narrowest part of that sea still would have been at least six miles. So when Jesus shows up, they're maybe halfway across. Yeah. And so I think the what I look at and take away from that, immediately the boat was at the land. I think about the times when I'm stressed or chaos or whatever and how uncertain um or doubtful and i think that hope is a grounding um a grounding it, yeah it pulls whatever. you back into it your does. face it's yeah. a pulley yes yeah so for them to immediately be there to me i kind of read that as you know a lot of times when i just stop and have the hope that god is there in that situation it immediately grounds me, immediately takes me where I'm going, which is just back into the center of him.
0: Yeah. And I think God uses different things to be those grounding points for us, those points of hope. I remember talking to a religion professor in college about baptism and how God uses baptism in that way. Like you are baptized and that doesn't mean that you're going to be on this journey of like, the perfect f- faith for the rest of your life, but yeah. like your baptism is a, it, like, it draws you back into the faith. That's, that's a signifying moment in your life. Or I think people can be used that way as mm-hmm. like a point of hope or like someone to pull you back in, mm-hmm. pull you to the shore, get you to your destination. Um, and God plants those things in our lives to bring us back into yeah. him. Yeah. 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 I think that that is a really cool, um, those are cool details. Of that story,
1: which you wouldn't think when you read it. No, you probably skip right over it. Right, I've always skipped over it. <laughs> like,
0: well, that's kind of odd. They were yeah. struggling at their
1: destination, well, yeah, were four miles out. Yeah. So what? Um. Thank you for being vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. About your doubts. Yes. Definitely
0: not always an easy thing to do, but um, I I just you know I want to have genuine connection, and I don't want to, I don't want anyone to ever feel like they have to show up
1: being perfect. mm Hmm. Um, cause that's not really the reality of any of our lives. And I think going along with the, the, um, the subtitle, I guess, to the sermon series right now with John, so that you may believe, yeah. you know, these stories are all here, even in doubt. Yeah. So that we may believe. Yeah. Even when we're scared in the middle of the storms mm-hmm. so that we may believe.
0: Yeah. Or feeling like, Hey, I don't know how God's going to provide. And he provides abundantly.
1: Abundantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so. Uh, I think that's really all we had to say. So should we pray together and then be done? Okay. Father God, thank you for today and the chance for Andrea and I to sit down together and look at scripture and just talk about how God is speaking to us and share those thoughts with each other and with um, everyone listening. And I just pray that you will use our words and our thoughts today um, to glorify you and to further your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.